It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. First off, this is episode 20. So exciting. I know. And we have, we're closing in on 1,500 downloads in less than a month. So crazy cool. And I'm just beyond humble that. Oh, me too. Blown away that people would. Are listening to us. Yeah. Besides our children. I know. (laughs) And each other when we're running. So I was inspired by the episode you did on Lady Gaga. And I was just thinking about my kids and the impact of social media and how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. And well, I, she's a good role model. She for that. is. It really, yeah. you know. And I came across this game on Amazon called Flatter Me. It's really. I brought the cards because they're so pretty. It's like these little watercolors on the on oh. the one side. Oh, can I? But yeah, t- can check I check it out? Piece? Take a look. I know it is COVID, so we have to. We have the hand sanitizer here and masks on. As exactly. You, I'm sure. Aww. So the fun thing is the game is just like war. Yeah. So you you break the deck into two, and you're both flipping over a card, mm-hmm. and you can play it two ways. Either you, you flip it over and you go, oh, that compliment fits you, and then you get both cards, mm-hmm. and then you play to win who has the most compliments, mm-hmm. or you do the opposite. Who has the least because compl- you've given all the compliments away. All away. I love that. And I just think it's nice because it's so hard sometimes oh to compliment each yeah. other, to come with the words. And it's yeah. nice that this is all makes just, it easy makes to it do real that. Easy. And it's just, I thought it'd be a fun, feel good, game. positive game. Yeah. I love it. Here are a few of the cards you stand up for yourself. Oh, I love that. Uh, serious and driven. <laughs> I love that. And I like this. You. Glitter. You are glitter. That's mine. Uh, That's fun. I I refer to glitter as sweat instead of sweat. I glitter. People in class would say that. So I always tease about glittering. My feel-good story this week, I just love this story. I read about a seven-year-old girl, Cameron Gardner, who wrote, to Old Navy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, she wanted real. I've been to Old Navy recently yeah. for masks. Yeah. I kind of stopped going because my boys have outgrown Old uh, Navy. Yeah, but, I um, know. Um, it's pretty cute. She wanted real pockets in her jeans for keeping her hands warm and a place for her little treasures. <laughs> and you said she's seven? She's seven. Seven, so she, okay. Yeah, she has an older brother. She knows he had real pockets. Mm-hmm. And the girl jeans don't. I guess, so I was asking why there are so many... Like faux pockets. Yeah. That they just, they pretend that there are pockets, but, and they said that because they're slimming and they look better. Oh, which I, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I I thought it was just because they're cheaper to make. I don't know. Oh, right. Less less material. So she had been learning in school about persuasive writing. Mm -hmm. And so at seven, at seven, I want to know what that's I know. I was thinking, I think the (laughs) kid's dad did that a little bit later in uh, elementary school. So back in January 2021, she wrote a letter to Old Navy. It's really cute. In this article, actually had the letter, and it's in that little dotted how you're when you're learning to write. It's oh, so cute on that paper. That paper, that little it has brown the three paper. Lines. Yes. So she said, "Dear Old Navy, I, <laughs> I do not like the front pockets of girl jeans. They are fake. I want front pockets because I want to put my hands in them. I also would like to put things in them." 
would you consider making girl jeans with front pockets <laughs> that are not fake? Thank you for reading my request. Sincerely, Cameron Gardner. Oh, that's so adorable. It's so cute. And her, mo- her mom encouraged her, you know, by saying it would be a good life lesson mm-hmm. to send Old Navy a handwritten mm-hmm. letter about the pocket problem. They honestly didn't think Old Navy would write them back. I wouldn't either. So just after spring break this year, they wrote back saying, quote, Cameron, thank you so much for taking the time to write us about the pockets on girls' jeans. <laughs> The Old Navy Kids product team appreciates your information. It's great feedback as we develop new products. In appreciation, please accept some girls' bottoms for you to enjoy. I love that that's another young person. I know. Fixing a problem. Fixing a problem. Not afraid to. And so she was so excited. She took the letter and the jeans for show and tell. I would, too. And Very cute. And the other girls in her class were thrilled to see the real pockets, yeah. you know, the, in the And jeans. that's a win for Old Navy. That's a win for girls. Yeah. I, I just love that her parents encouraged her yeah. to have a voice at a young age. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Last time I researched uh, Greta Thunberg, mm-hmm. who I was totally blown away yeah. by her, you know, bravery. How can you not be? And, yeah, and passion for yeah. climate change. So it's kind of, I wanted to find another Earth Changer, mm-hmm. which I for found. For Earth Month. Yeah. yeah, for Earth Month. And I came across. Earth Changer, is that it's an, like it's a, Urban it's a, Dictionary? It's new kind word? of a coined oh, okay. word. Yeah, for, for anyone gonna, that's gonna, really changing the health of the Earth, you I'm know. Gonna, I want to add that to my. Add it to the list. My list. So I came across um, this young woman, Emily Penn. Mm-hmm. She's an artist, sailor, ocean advocate, or ocean plastic warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I found her story and journey really a beautiful one. Uh, she grew up in South Wales, hmm. fell in love with the water at age five, and started sailing. I'm like at five, I was playing with Mrs. Beasley. I'm you know? trying to Mrs. Beasley. Was Did you like... have her with the glasses on Family Affair? No. Okay, I'm older than oh you. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm older. thinking Holly Hobby. Okay, yeah, she had like this she before Holly polka Hobby? dotted. And blonde hair oh. and black glasses. Oh, anyway, have to look up Mrs. Beasley. Look her up, and then okay. you'll yeah. <laughs> And yeah, but by 14, she was on a competitive sailing team. And she says her love of adventure developed during this time, describing each time sailing was like a new adventure, an opportunity to new, learn new things, which I love that, yeah, you know? Yeah. Learning about that's, that's what keeps you young. Exactly. Learning about the boat, sailing, weather, really the environment in mm-hmm. general. And her other passion was drawing. Hmm. Yeah. She carried a sketchbook around so she could practice drawing things she found interesting. So when she went to college, she studied architecture because it combined both the love of art, Mm -hmm. math, and science. And she ended up earning a architectural degree, graduate degree from Cambridge University. So she's a smarty. She's very smart, yeah. So for her dissertation, she wanted to study eco-cities, and she traveled to Shanghai to research a major project going on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, eco cities. I don't. Do you know about them? No. I was okay. Just, I was just questioning to myself. What, what is, is an that? eco yeah. city? Well, I've never heard of that. Yeah, they focus on developing housing, commercial development, and public transportation that preserves the surrounding mm. green spaces, which I think is really cool. I wonder how Portland would compare with those. Well, I think it's really dense living too. Mm-hmm. What yeah. I've read, it's a, it's a it's. Like, like our setup for bicycles right. and whatnot is not very good, not yeah. accommodating for. Yeah, I don't know how that how that compares. But the interesting thing, Emily didn't want to go by plane to Shanghai. 
So she's for the environment. Yeah, well, she, oh, okay. yeah, because she's always had this much awareness. like Greta. My yeah. kids, my kids were like, she really went in a boat because she didn't yeah. want to fly in a plane. I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah, she you need to be more like Greta. Yeah, she wanted to minimize her carbon footprint, like Greta. Mm-hmm. Instead, she took the long way by train, horse, camel, traveling across Europe to China. And during this journey, she really fell in love with what she calls slow traveling, where you see the culture, the people, the landscape. Um, the things you'd miss mm-hmm. if you flew by plane, you know. I think there's such a benefit to this because yeah. I need to always go back to fitness. But there is, like, if you open up your garage door right. without hitting the remote, there's more. Like, back in the olden days, you got up, you walked to the fridge, you you got up and changed the channel on the television. Right. So if you just try to be old-fashioned, I yeah. guess is the word I'm coming up with, it's better for your fitness. Right. And... It sounds like, you know, she kind of experienced that with her travel. Right, to yeah. To get to take in more and see more. Right, for sure. By slowing down. Yeah, she's she talks about also the subtle transitions you make when mm-hmm. you go by train and horse <laughs> and camel. It's all the stops along the way when where you meet people. Mm-hmm. You might have that extra cup of tea mm-hmm. on the train. I just am so struck by her awareness of situations and how it influences her and ultimately how she makes her decisions. Mm-hmm. Emily was disappointed when she arrived in Shanghai because the eco city she came to study hadn't even broken ground. Oh, I know it was some sort of a media stunt. So she turned shocking. The, I know. So she turned this experience into a positive one and decided to write about her experiences on getting there, mm-hmm. the slow travel, and then the eco city she stayed in while she was in Shanghai. Way to turn I know. a negative into a positive. Yeah, she was really fascinated, I guess, by um, the way it was constructed. The overhang of the eaves were designed at keeping the latitudes of the sun in mind, mm-hmm. keeping the home warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Also, this eco-city was designed to combine, like, old world architecture with the new green design, creating this hybrid. I hate to bring up. Wangari again that I talked oh, about yeah. last week, but she talked about it. It reminds me of planting trees. Okay. She witnessed, she was at a hotel one time and she looked out the window across the way and saw on this mountain this woman planting trees going parallel with oh. the grade of, the, or going, yeah. I guess, with the grade of the mountain where they need to go parallel instead okay. because she was like, this poor woman is doing all of this work and as soon as the rains come in, they're just going to come down and right. wash away all of her work. Where I mean, that just kind of reminds me of this, where if you are using science right. and working with... Well, also working with nature, yeah, too. exactly. You know? It was high-density living, mm-hmm. so layers of privacy from these eaves, yet creating this very supportive community and communal... They had communal spaces, too, like for, for cooking and gathering. Oh, okay. And then there's also storefront spaces for its inhabitants. This kind of reminds me of beaches in Hawaii, where they have the, you know, certain parks and stuff where they have the... Barbecue areas where everybody can go share. Yeah, it's. uh, I I found that pretty interesting. She said while the experience in Shanghai is valuable, it's really the experience of the slow travel that really stuck with Mm -hmm. her. So after after returning and completing her degree, she got an architectural job in Australia. So again, she didn't want to fly. (laughs) So she was researching how to sail there because she really wanted to sail. And so she was looking into joining a crew, mm-hmm. in essence, hitchhiking her way from England to Australia. She's that sounds cl- just miserable. To I know. Me. She's clearly committed to reducing yeah. her carbon footprint. And has More a- power to her. No kidding. So she learned about a yacht named Earth Race, which is 
fueled 100% by biofuel and waste products like cooking oil and just waste. And it had just recently broke the record of getting around the world in 60 days. Wow. I know. I wonder if that has a smell, like a bad smell as it's Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be smelly. I remember back in the day when they talked about Daryl Hannah having a oil. She was using recycled oil from right. fast food places. They, I, mean, I don't know if it was media stump, but they said that it smelled like french fries all the time. Right. It, very around, ma- so. it may. Yeah. I'm just curious. Way. Still worth it. Still, Still worth it. it. So I guess Earth Race was about to embark on this promo tour to cities between the UK and Australia just to build awareness of sustainability. Mm-hmm. And this Earth Race is like a super lightweight boat. And I wanted to show you because it is so... Space age. Space age. So you, there you go. That's what it looks like. Oh, yeah. So, no, that's like Batman. Yeah. So it looks or like a space rocket. Like Batmobile, but on water. And it's the, those two, it slices, literally slices wow. through the waves. Which I, I that thought, really is space age. Yeah. Looking. Very cool. We'll throw that picture up there on the website. You can check yeah. it out. So she contacted the skipper and was only supposed to meet with him for just kind of a test weekend trip. She wound up staying for 923 days, oh which is gosh. over three, three know, years. Three yeah. years, yeah. So that outside of that vessel was like state-of-the-art, <laughs> but the inside was rustic. It was pretty bare. It had a few bunks for sleeping, a mm-hmm. microwave, a toaster, but no bathroom or showers. Oh. So they were For would, 923 days, yeah. no bathroom or showers? Yeah, so they bathed in the ocean. Oh. And that's that's when she first started that's commitment. Yeah, she, that's when she noticed the plastic waste, and mm. she found a toothbrush in the middle of the ocean. I think she was like, "How did that get here?" Yeah, you know, it started her that that journey. Yeah, the experiences aboard Earth Race dramatically shaped uh, Emily's life and her work. They visited 120 cities. They visited an island, Tonga, in the South Pacific, that had a huge waste problem. There's two kind of underlying conditions that were going on that were driving the plastic waste problem. First, it was the overfishing Mm -hmm. by the commercial fishermen that depleted the fish population, negatively impacting the subsistence fishing and reducing its, you know, it's a major food source for the locals. Mm -hmm. And the second, the sea level rising was causing the soil on the island to become too salty to grow food. Yeah. Okay. So they were forced to import food. And naturally, food is packaged in plastic or tins in which they didn't know what to do with it. So it just ended up on the beach. And then they began to burn it. And then you're getting these carcinogenics in the environment. And these are actually endocrine disruptors. Hmm. And just... A real quick thing about the endocrine system is a you know a collection of your glands that mm-hmm. affect your growth and development, maintaining your tissue, sexual reproduction, your metabolism. I absolutely 100%, I mean, that doesn't have to do with this, but with my breast cancer, I 100% believe it's environment. Something right. in the environment is out there that, because I did everything, you know, quote, unquote, right. and I did not have the, the gene. So I, I so believe in this yeah. out, out there in the world. So true. This really impacted Emily uh, so much that she later on comes back and lives with a family for six months to work on the plastic problem. But six months into this journey on Earth Race, she decided to get an extension from her architecture job <laughs> in Australia. She wanted, to com- she wanted to complete the tour, which I, you know, they're pretty understanding. They are very yes, understanding. I like this company. That's- yeah. She kept thinking she's going to return to that. First, she decided to go back to Tonga after she completed the tour. 
and help the locals address that plastic problem. After spending some time, she realized they didn't have a word for rubbish. So they didn't, because they never had to throw anything away. Mm. Similar to like the Native Americans, where they they used every part of the animal. Right, because their diet used to be fresh food, fish, Mm -hmm. coconuts, Mm -hmm. fruits, and vegetables. So they didn't know what. Biodegrade. Yeah. They didn't know what to do with the plastic. Just like here, we really don't have a solution for plastic. I mean, it's complex. I was kind of reading about that, that. To recycle plastic, it needs to be separated and cleaned. And it's so, sadly, it's so much cheaper just to yeah, use unpurposed virgin plastic. And so that's a that's kind well, of people a... People just don't know the difference in the numbers with plastic, and they're not taking the time to properly recycle right. them. So then it, none of us get to end up doing it. So she, just, she started with talking to students at, at the schools, the locals, and educating them on plastic and its effects on the ocean. Then she put together a beach cleanup of 3,000 volunteers. Oh, I love I that. I think it was like three-quarters of the population on that <laughs> island. They picked up 56 tons of oh garbage, plastic, metal, diapers, and textiles in just five hours. Wow. And that felt like a ton, over a ton an hour. And they put it on a container ship. Mm-hmm. That's what they had to do and send it off to get processed. Yeah. But... You know, Emily had said that, like, living with a local family was really transformative, you know, forcing her kind of more deeply to learn about, the, you know, the waste challenges that, and how to address them. Mm-hmm. And I think these experiences kind of help her to choose not to pursue architecture. She, you know, she, I think at that point she decided. She's she was too passionate in, in the environment. In yeah. Gotcha. So then she co-founded a Pangea Explorations. Which offers people like a unique sailing experience on this seventy-two foot Ooh. yacht. It's do it's, they have bathrooms? And I, a it doesn't, I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's really to like enable like yeah. your scientists, yeah, which I'm guessing no, because they probably be don't. Yeah. yeah, it's for you know scientists, filmmakers, everyday people, uh, just to explore the most remote parts of the ocean mm-hmm. and collect data to kind of look at the global issues and help develop solutions. And it was on one of these sailing adventures where she saw the plastic and microplastics were getting into the fish. Mm. And, you know, the, not all, the fish, if they're, depending on the size, they can't all process that plastic. Yeah, and, no. and many die. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I, I was watching this YouTube video, and she's showing, like, the microplastic. It looks like fine pieces, almost just like mist in the ocean. It, it blends in with mm-hmm. all the other particles in the ocean. But it made her think about, like you were saying earlier, the effects on humans. Mm-hmm. So she worked with the UN to have herself tested for 35 chemicals that the UN had banned, like fire retardant, pesticides, and, and many others. She had 29 of the 35 oh in her. They weren't at levels that were dangerous, but just but still, that, to she know that had that. High enough in her body for them to register on there is right, concerning yeah, in itself. For sure. And it really hit home, and she was questioning, you know, how these chemicals affect your body. So after the after that blood test, um, she was really concerned about women's reproductive health. Mm-hmm. And that prompted her to do her next kind of adventure was this expedition in 2014. She brought together 30 different nationalities of women. Oh, I love that. Together to crew her boat to cross the Atlantic. And she really picked a diverse background. These are scientists, artists, teachers, policymakers. I think she really wanted to provide this really unique perspective. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to study the effects of plastic on the ocean. 
and to go to the remotest parts of the world to do their research and collect samples. And they did that by trolling for the samples Mm -hmm. on the surface and the sediment and in the air. And then they brought that information back, like where the plastic was originated, to help educate. To where it had been disposed. Yeah. And this was supposed to be like a what one, a process. I know. And this this was supposed to be just like a one voyage. And she skippered the first one herself <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. I love that. But it built enough awareness and support that they completed 11. And Good then for her. Yeah. And then in 2019, she announced the around the world. It was a two-year expedition to examine plastics in the ocean in Jayars. Do you know what that is? I have no idea what that is. Okay, it's a large system of the ocean with occurrence, particularly those involved with, like, large wind movements. Oh, so that's probably where these patterns of, like, you find little islands of plastic get stuck. From, yeah. Which I I did do a little research on that. Have you, that great Pacific garbage patch that's the size of Texas, which I just came from visiting my sister in Texas. So that's pretty huge. Yeah. Not pretty huge. No. That's all plastic. It's all plastic. Just out in our ocean. And just to give you an idea, Texas is 2.8 times bigger than the UK. Wow. And it's... I did not know that. It's 775 miles east to west. And and I think it was like over 800 miles. Man, it's just garbage. Of garbage. Floating. And it's 50... I read that it's 50 years old of garbage. Oh. Like toothbrushes, bottles, plastics. And it just... One thing that always floors me, and somebody pointed this out to me, the toothpick things. Not toothpicks, but the, like, flossers. Yeah. Somebody at the gym had known it. Why are those everywhere? And I wish she had not pointed that out to me because now I see them in parking lots. I'm shocked we haven't found any in our plugging yet. But, yeah, yeah, those plastic flossers are everywhere. Well, when we were running today, we were talking about, like, when did plastic... Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, it really started, it originated back in 1855 oh, with this celluloid. Much older than I thought. They, they were using it for like pins and buttons mm-hmm. and toys and dolls. Mm-hmm. And then it became mass produced by 1907. See, I don't have a problem with the pins and dolls yeah. and all of that because they're used over and over right. and over again. So they're getting used yeah. at least. So the mass production of plastic was in 1907, but the single use mm-hmm. wasn't till the 70s. See, that's the problem yeah. right there. Yeah, the single yeah. use. Yeah, I just thought I'd give you a little yeah, no, that's history puts on that. It puts it in perspective with how it hasn't been around that long, and we already have a huge problem with right. it. Right. And sadly on that, because that she started that 2019, and I just read that they had to cut it short because of COVID. Oh, really? But the cool, I would think they'd be in a safe spot out on their... I think oh. for a variety of reasons, oh, okay. they had to cut that okay. short. Um, I think it's because it was different legs. Oh, and they're going to be having different people. Gotcha. That uh, makes sense. Different crew members. But they were able to go over 10,000 nautical miles. They had 28 women with different nationalities. I love the diversity that she's trying to pull together. That's how you grow. Yeah, for sure. Learning from different people. And then, let's see, out of her desire to continue to, like, educate people, she launched on World Oceans Day. I didn't even know there wasn't World Oceans Day. That's June. It's June 8th. This is back in 2020. She what can launched, we do for World Ocean? I know. Day? We have to come up with something yeah, creative. She launched the Shift platform, which uses um, technology to help users reduce their plastic waste. And there's like an app there. Okay. Um, yeah. But on that site, she highlights a company, Lush Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you seen them in the mall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, they've got the lovely 
bath bombs, soaps, and body creams. And they've all they've been at the forefront already providing 40% mm-hmm. of their products are packaged free and have are both healthy for humans and mm-hmm. for the planet. And for many years they use that like nice piece of fabric mm-hmm. or bandana to wrap mm-hmm. up purchases. But with partnering, they partnered with Three Side Cube to create this object uh, recognition technology to develop this lush lens to raise hmm. awareness of plastic pollution. See, good with technology. Yeah. I usually am swearing with it, but this is a, a good so, thing. Well, so they don't, they, this takes away from the description part. Mm-hmm. So this is what this app is for. often you already know what you're getting. This you don't will, need the description. Right. Well, the, the ingredients. Yeah. So this app uses a camera to identify mm-hmm. the naked Lush mm-hmm. product and then delivering product information, description, ingredients, and health benefits. They uh, launched this at their new store in Milan. I just think it's remarkable. This app can use differentiate between color, size, mm-hmm. and shape. I just find it fascinating. Science. Uh, I know. <laughs> and as I was researching Emily, I was just, you know, I watched several TED Talks. Mm-hmm. She's fun to listen to. And then I found this really quirky podcast, Ridiculously Human. Hmm. I listened to that. But I just become increasingly aware of package and waste. Mm-hmm. And even it seems even with COVID, there's been even oh, way worse. Way worse. COVID. Like my sister, I went to my niece's mm-hmm. wedding in Texas and she sent me some KN95s. Each one was wrapped yeah. in plastic. Yeah. And I, I have to say I felt bad. It's like yeah. opening that plastic. Well, like I up. said before, last year I was trying to make less of a carbon footprint and right. then COVID hit and it's it everywhere. All, yeah, because masks and gloves we're trying to be sterile PPE yeah and and there's a reason for sure but hopefully we can fix the problem that we're creating right here with all of this and I yeah I have to say it really has shifted my mindset I'm more aware Mm -hmm. when I see plastic packaging and I just I love her enthusiasm for the well-being of earth and particularly the ocean and the effects of plastic you know as well as her desire to uh, to educate which is huge yeah that's what it boils down to. Right. It's really educating everybody. So people know. And I kept, I kept bringing back to Greta uh, Thunberg, who is also passionate and vocal about climate change and making choices and how we impact the health of the earth. Well, and we need to for their future and for the future of our grandkids. Right. And just our planet in general. So I appreciate these, these young ladies. I know. And I know I'm just scratching the surface because just to throw out, Emily has been featured in National Geographic for Women of Impact. Mm -hmm. She also partnered with Sperry and Corona. And you should look on YouTube. They're really beautiful. Sperry shoes? Sperry Topsider shoes and Corona. Yeah. She does these really cool educational short films. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 they're so short. are they through those? So they're advertisements they're Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, they sponsor her. To more people. Yeah, so it's it's really fun. It's worth checking out. And then also check out emilypenn.com website. And then I have the expedition. It's doubleexpedition.com. <laughs> and then her TED Talks. I got to watch those. Yeah. So the quote that really spoke to me for Emily is, it's all about people inspiring, empowering others, whoever they are, wherever they live in the world, to find their superpower. I Oppor- love I that. love that word. Superpower, opportunity, the thing that they can do that's going to make a real difference. And then set about making that difference. Great quote. Since April is Earth Month, we need to talk about deforestation. And I talked about... 
Wangari Mathai, yeah, who created the Green Belt movement. But there's another guy who is also planting a forest, yeah. Jadav Paying. So we're losing forests and jungle at an incredible rate. It's tragic. Besides clearing land for timber, forests and jungles are being cut down to make way for housing and agriculture. Deforestation in the Amazon has reached a 12-year high in Brazil, in part aided by President Jair Bolsonaro, who took office in 2019, and has encouraged agricultural and mining activities in the rainforest, oh. which just makes me sad for oh, them. Yeah. Wildlife. Bolsonaro has also cut funding for enforcement of logging restrictions by Brazilian agencies who are supposed to protect the forest. Often described as the lungs of the earth, the Amazon yeah. rainforest is being destroyed at the rate of one football field size patch each minute. Which is yeah. just, it reminds me of that James Cameron movie, Avatar. Yeah. Tragic. Forests absorb carbon dioxide and through photosynthesis release oxygen. We know that. And as we lose forests, more and more carbon dioxide builds up, which is a major cause of climate change. We talked about that town in Alaska yeah. where they're having to migrate because their town is just underwater. It's right. gone. Yeah. This is one of the major factors we must own up to as we battle to reduce carbon emissions and combat global warming. Deforestation is also a major factor in species lost as habitat is reduced for many endangered animals. 80% of land animals reside in, in forest or jungle habitat. It's <gasps> a lot. That is a I lot. I just think of those cute little critters. But one man in India has been doing his part and then some to help restore forests and the wildlife living there. For 30 years, Jadav Payang has been planting trees on a daily basis. Oh, how awesome that's is that? That's so great. He's called the Forest Man of India because he's planted over 1,350 acres Whoa. of forest by himself. So definitely making yeah. Wangari proud. This is about the size of 1,038 football fields. I'm trying to put it in yeah, perspective. That's, it's enormous. Yeah, it's too much. Just. The Mulai Reserve is a forest that sits on the island of Brahmaputra River. But the island has always been threatened by extensive soil erosion on its banks. To fight this, a reforestation plan was created in 1980 to plant trees to combat erosion as the island had been shrinking continuously for about 70 years. The plan was abandoned in 1983 after only three years. Oh. Jadov took up the slack, staying behind after the government pulled out. So rock on to him. Yeah, at so first, he's doing this on his, on his own. own. Wow. At first, he started planting bamboo as it's a fast-growing plant. Right. But then he started planting other trees and native plants. The island is the largest river island in the world, planting at least one tree every day for over 30 years. It's a long time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Some of the older trees are now quite large. That's over 11,000 trees planted by one man. Making a difference. That's I just, awesome. Even more exciting is that it's led to animals returning to the island, oh. including Bengal tigers, Indian rhinoceros, monkeys, deer, and a large number of reptiles and birds. The Indian government had not even taken notice of the reforestation until 2008 when a herd of about 100 elephants crossed over to the island. At that point, it was kind of hard to miss. <laughs> They're like, I want to go to that new island. <laughs> the elephants move around but spend about six months out of the year on the island. And at least 10 of the elephant calves have been born on the island. Oh. So, you know, I now think it's the elephants are just that, so cute. Uh, animals were drawn to that. Is, is that, am I hearing yeah, that right? Yeah. Okay. That's... Hopeful, I yeah. think, is what I take yeah. from it. 
I started working on the island in 1979 at the age of 16. So once again, another young person making a difference. His interest in planting trees started when he began finding snakes that had died due to high temperatures and not having sufficient shade. So he started planting trees. He built a boat, which he still uses, and brought saplings out to the island to plant each day, which kind of reminded me of your rabbit island or your bunny island. He's a farmer. Uh, he's a farmer from a small tribal community and grew up poor. People thought he was crazy at first, which reminded me of Wayne Gary, because people thought she was crazy too. An agricultural scientist helped him early on by providing the saplings. Jadov lives in a small hut in the forest with his wife Benita and his three children. Aww. He has some cattle and buffalo on his farm, and he sells milk, which is how he supports the family. I just think that's adorable. The whole picture. Although he's lost around 100 cows to tigers, he blames loss of tiger habitat and not the tigers for the losses. Because once again, they're encroaching on areas because they're being pushed out of their area. Jadov, however, started getting some recognition for all of his hard work. Good for good. About time, because he's been doing it since he was 1979, 16. Molai Forest, she planted, was officially named after him. Oh. So pretty cool. When he was a child, he was considered... Fair skin and had pink cheeks. He was told he looked like a winter radish called Amola. His nickname was Molai, and they named the forest after him. He has been included in a number of documentaries and was the focus of Forest Man, which I had not heard of. I've never heard of that either. Which won the Best Emerging Documentary in 2014 Keynes Film Festival, along with other honors. In 2015, he was awarded the Padma Shri, which is India's fourth highest civil honor. He's been given an honorary doctorate degree for the Assam Agricultural University for his contributions to reforestation. Jadov is also the subject of a children's book called Jadov and the Tree Place, oh, which I might have to get for my yeah. nephews, which is written and illustrated by Binayak Varma and published on the open source children's publishing platform Storyweaver. He said, people want to know my story. I tell them I just plant trees. And I'd like all of you to do so. Trees are the lifeline of the forest. They don't just give us shade and oxygen. They feed birds and animals and balance our ecosystems. If there is no life left, what is the use of all the advancements we have made? And I love that. Once again, goes back to the Greenbelt Movement, starting with trees. So, no matter where I go, I long to come back to my forest. Everything abroad is beautiful, spick and span, but there is no place like my forest. People spend money to see tigers, rhinos, and elephants. I get to see them in their home for Aww. free. And I just, I just love this yeah. whole concept. In honor of Earth Month in April, we're going to do a... Greta Thunberg, Fridays for the so Future. I know. Because that's also on my Be Kind 21 list. Oh. Let's do the Greta protest. Yes. So, because she did it on Fridays. She did it on Fridays. We're going to do it. So, April 30th, 2021. We're going to do it from 1 to 3 in front of the Beaverton Library, which ours is in Oregon. But I think everybody, if they can do one, it yeah. would be so great if they could. Do their own and share it on our website or send us a note or something with what they're doing. That'd be awesome. Yeah, so check out Fridays for the Future, Greta's website. It has all sorts of ideas on posters. It has. I've already told my kids to mark their calendar, (laughs) and they are opposed because of COVID, but now getting the shot, so... They'll be feeling yeah, a little better. they'll be vaccinated at that point. And I reminded them, too, that you taught me that Greta started her 
protest with her being one the person. only person out there. Right. So we can do it too. Yep, exactly. Like and subscribe. Follow Transgensional Inspiration on Facebook and Instagram.